Welcome to The Exchange, a podcast from Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. In this podcast, we examine the world through a grace perspective and connect biblical truth in everyday life. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Smith, the high school and college pastor here at Grace Church. Today, I'm joined by our uh, administrative pastor. Executive exec- pastor. Thanks, sorry, yeah. thank you for correcting me yeah. on that. This is Derek, Derek Hughes. So, Derek, thanks for joining me yeah. and correcting me. Uh, <laughs> well, you were looking at me kind of like, is that right? So I thought... Yeah, as I started to say it, I was like, no, ad- administrator is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah but executive is the one I'm looking for. So thank you for that. Uh, our executive pastor, Derek. But uh, you know, saying that, I, I do want you to go ahead and define for us what that means, because some churches have... I've, I've worked at churches where we had an executive pastor. I've worked at churches where we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, even here, at one point, we had an administrator, which mm-hmm. is sort of where I, I was you know, getting, you know, allowing myself to sort of get confused. But um, So could you, could you describe the role of the executive pastor real quick. Yeah, sure. It's, you know, we had had a church administrator before, and part of the role in changing to an executive pastor is uh, really the ministry Mm -hmm. and how we look at things. Mm -hmm. Uh, A church administrator might be more inclined to the the business of the church, Mm -hmm. uh, is an executive pastor and someone who has over 20 years of, of ministry experience. Uh, moving into this role for me also has hands-on ministry, not just seeing it as the day-to-day operations, which is a lot of what I do, but it's also seeing and working with Lance and and the uh, adult ministry team in the bigger picture of how we do ministry, and not just about what's coming in and going out, but how we effectively raise mature disciples, Mm -hmm. and being really cognizant and, and thinking through how people are who are donating to Grace Church, and, yeah. and they're giving uh, what they are earning, and so how are we responsible for that? And so we tie in with Executive Pastor a little more of the hands-on ministry right. to that than just the day-to-day mm-hmm. of paying bills and administration. Yeah. And you also have your hands in some other ministry areas, mm-hmm. and, and some, some of which you had before we hired Caleb, who was mm-hmm. on last week, and mm-hmm. so can you talk a little bit about some of your ministry involvement? Right. Well, I've right now I oversee as far as kind of the welcome assimilation mm-hmm. hospitality team. Yeah. Uh, looking at the picture of when someone comes to our website for the first time, of how Jeff and I and we talk about that. Uh, coming down the street, we mm-hmm. will say uh, from the street to the seat, mm-hmm. uh, helping people understand a little bit more about that. Then the people who are part of that ministry. Right. Um, it's. It's wide and varied. We have people who do the the greeting, the welcome center, the child check-in, mm-hmm. ushers. We've got families at the front door. There, there's a myriad of things, a coffee ministry, which we talked about last right, time. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different ministries that are taking place in our hospitality team uh, in that welcome ministry and, and just helping people as they come in find their way around the building, yeah. thinking through a lot of that. And so I'm working with a lot of different teams mm-hmm. for that. 
and um, currently uh, overseeing uh, the women's steering team. Mm-hmm. That uh, since we don't have a, a women a pastor to women or a director of mm-hmm. women's ministry, uh, we have a team that. So I oversee that team and just encourage them. Mm-hmm. They they are a great group of women who are. They love Grace Church. They love the women of Grace Church, and they. Yeah, sure. So I just kind of sit in and just turn and resource them loose, them. and yeah. yeah, and turn them loose. Just right. and really, that's where the executive pastor position fits well in there right mm-hmm. now, because they're doing the ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of helping. You're just the arm that attaches them kind of to the staff right. a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you you're we talked about it, you know, up front, and and you're involvement with the finances and mm-hmm. and that aspect of the church which for any church that's going to be a big part and it's, it's a lot of times it's like an uncomfortable part to talk about for some people and um, it's not it's not necessarily when you're when you're at church it's not the thing that um, is at the front of everyone's mind but it, it's it's very vital to the operation of the church obviously. And so that's kind of what, what I wanted to talk through today. And so the topic that we're going to really hit on is, is money, but, but not, not so much money in terms of a, a business perspective, but money as a, a, a theological idea, you know, and how the Bible talks about money so that, you know, we in our personal lives can maybe uh, be more connected to the heart of Jesus and, and making sure that we are honoring him with the way that we live um, and the way that we steward our money. And so, uh, so you know, starting with that, any time that we explore a topic through the biblical lens, it's really helpful to start and, and have a, some, some sort of, you know, we would call it like a doctrinal statement, which is just a truth statement from Scripture about this topic. So if we could just try and get just some draft of a, of a, of a statement like that, a, a doctrinal statement. So in one or two sentences... Uh, how, how do you think Christians should think about money? Well, everything that we have, uh, as far as from when we become believers to uh, how God is wooing us to himself and the different aspects of that, uh, God provides for us. Right. And uh, Christ promises he's going to take care of our needs, which is our clothing, our food, our shelter. Mm-hmm. And above that is is a blessing of the Lord. And but it's a form that we get then to worship him. And whether it's our, our money, our talent, uh, the abilities for believers, the gift that he's entrusted to us, it's all a form of worship. Right. And our goal is to bring glory to him with it. Mm-hmm. And finances are a part of that. Yeah. Jesus, he, he, he knew that th- from the side of the world, so to speak, but knew that people would have struggles. Yeah. The acquiring, the the holding on to, mm-hmm. the building the stockpiles of. Mm-hmm. And he used money numerous times as illustrations. Yeah, he talked about it a ton. A ton. And most of the time, though, it was, in essence, of a teaching tool mm-hmm. to, to help people understand what's your perspective where is your heart? Yeah. How are you worshiping? Mm-hmm. And so for Grace Church, we have just followed that we are going to use what Christ has said when we have the biblical example of just using all that God has given us, and money is a part of that, to worship Him. 
And so the the finances or the homes or however uh, God has blessed us with, he, he wants us to use them. Yeah. And whether it's with our neighbors in our home, of which we provide, or whether it's with mm-hmm. groceries or however different things that we have, yeah. or our money, and the way we treat people. Yeah. When we go through a grocery checkout line or when we're in a restaurant, um, people people see of how generous we are. People see, and, and so it's who we represent yeah. and how we represent Him, mm-hmm. and that's just one of the tools or the avenues that, yeah. that God has given us with our finances. Yeah, so so maybe to distill that a little bit, it's it's a money is a tool, a resource that God gives us that we can use to live the calling that we believe He's given us. And for us at Grace Church... That calling is to raise up mature disciples, mm-hmm. so the so that our our sort of church model for how we use money is we we use money to uh, as another resource for discipling our people and discipling people in general. Um, and you're talking about at a personal level, it's it's uh, something that allows us to represent Him out in the world. So mm-hmm. how we use our money um, allows us to to show Jesus to other people. Right, and I, I was looking up here. We we have a you know even in, in what we believe, mm-hmm. our our elders have put uh, part of that. And I was looking for that real quick just to kind of give a a reading of that uh, for us. And of course, as I say that now, I you're good. I can I can even cut this part right here okay. and just trim it until we get to that. So it's no big deal. Um. One of the things our elders have have even put, and this is on our our website uh, under our culture of what we believe, mm-hmm. our, our elders have said, you know, individual giving is a form of worship, and that's what mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Yeah. It should be done joyously, freely, generously, without internal external compulsion. And yeah. so, when we think about that in terms of as we're talking about this and what God has given us with, um, you know, they then outline. What, what we do as a church, and not saying that every church has to do it the way we do mm-hmm. it, and we don't do it the way other churches do it, yeah. but our elders have thought through yeah. what it is yeah. in the church and how we use it in the church, but also it, how it can help us mature mm-hmm. and grow as we see God in a bigger picture, as we worship Him. Yes. And our, our elders have not just taken it lightly, mm-hmm. knowing some of the things that Christ had, had warned us about. Yeah. And so they, they've put it so it's it's on our website and all can go read it under our culture. Yeah, and 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 to say that is to say that, you know, we're, you won't hear us talk about it a whole lot, but that's not because we're omitting it or ignoring it. Um, like you're saying, it's, it's something we take seriously, that the elders take seriously, but, you know, and if Jeff were here, he'd talk about the strategy of how we communicate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to what extent we communicate about money, and um, so we'll, you know, we'll jump to that point real quick, which mm-hmm. is, you know, there are people who have made this remark to me, and and I know a lot of us on staff have, have similar interactions where somebody will come to Grace Church and they'll go, you know, this this is weird. Like I'm used to going to a church, and uh, you know, at least a, uh, once or twice a month, if not every week, they pass the plate and you know, ask for, you know, uh, for giving, financial giving. Um, you know, there are churches where you might 
you know, sign a covenant, a membership covenant. And part of that is going to not, not that there's a financial requirement, but that there's a commitment, you know, that, Hey, can you maybe tell us how much you plan to give so we can budget that, that sort of thing. So, so the, you know, like you said, that different churches do different things, but, but Grace Church, we don't, we don't do those specific methods. We don't have a, a plate that we pass. We don't, um, we rarely will give financial updates to the church, which that happened a few weeks ago here. Um, but we don't have somebody go up during the service and say, can you, you know, go ahead and take this opportunity to, to write a check or to give or whatever. You know, we don't talk about it a lot. So can you talk about the heart behind that? And, and we, we use the term grace giving. Well, ultimately, and this goes back to probably, I mean, before my time at Grace Church and in the founding of Grace Church. That long ago? Yes, that long ago. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're marking my gray hairs here. Um, But it's, is people came together Mm -hmm. and established Grace Church, uh, the leadership as they were forming, they didn't want someone to feel the compulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we don't pass an offering plate. Right. Uh, that's one of the questions I get asked a lot, and our, our greeters and our welcomers get asked, you know, mm-hmm. what do we do? Right. How, how do we get involved? What it is? And then we explain that it, it's getting involved means being part of the, the local body. Mm-hmm. God established Grace Church, yeah. and f- since the founding, He has provided for it. He has taken care of the needs we've had. Right. He has gone far beyond needs we've had and blessed us. It's, we talked about this last time. It's a great thing to come to church and, and be... We're not carrying any debt. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't build something. We don't expand until the Lord provides. Mm-hmm. And we don't... We let people be made aware of what's taking place, yeah. what our elders are praying through. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the teams, you know, as you were asking, I, I work with an administrative team, and this is a volunteer team of people that have different backgrounds in business mm-hmm. and accounting, and um, we get together and we go over and we try to do our due diligence as to watching what mm-hmm. what is coming in, what is going out, making sure that we're trying to honor the Lord through yeah. the process of how we do our day-to-day and our business operations. And y'all are even in the midst of a, that right now with the we're, new fiscal year turnover. September, September 1st, September. we begin yeah. our, our new budget year, and, and so those plans are even yeah, taking place this week. Mm-hmm. All the pastoral staff is looking at last year's mm-hmm. budget and what has been spent and COVID and planning yeah, yeah. for how we move forward right. as a ministry and what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just haphazardly throwing some numbers down. And so God has provided mm-hmm. for Grace Church through all these years. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it's, it's given a, a level of trust that, okay, God, you've provided, we're going to trust you provide for us this year. Yeah. Um, it was, it's really great that as we meet together as a staff and we start talking and praying through and looking mm-hmm. at some things and our elders are doing that, we're not at first and foremost saying, how are we going to pay the electric bill? Yeah. Our administrative team and through the leadership of our elders, is God has provided, we, we've been able to then take funds for ministry, but then we've been able to take some of that and say, well, what happens if we face a COVID? Yeah. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so we've had, we usually keep a month or two months of operating expenses. Right. And, and during this time, God has been gracious, and so we have not been 
strapped, thinking of the lights, the air conditioning, some of the things that are part of the day-to-day, because that team, that administrative team, they receive monthly statements, they go over that, they ask questions. I mean, in the midst of all this, we had a sound system, probably a lot of people wouldn't even understand in our gymnatorium, that's almost 17-year-old sound system that... Which, for reference, like, if you think about uh, the cell phone that you have uh-huh. and how how slow a cell phone gets after, like, four years, <laughs> you know, it's like the sound system is sort of like a cell phone in the sense that it it's, you know, its capacity to do what it's supposed to do, you know, slowly, you know, maybe a little slower than a phone, but it, it de- diminishes... And 17 years is an old, old I'm probably system. dating myself here, but our old sound system was like an old 286 computer. Yeah, yeah. Where the, it just updates come out, all these things take uh-huh. place, and that old sound system in there, and especially the sound board, mm-hmm. there were things we haven't been able to do in there right, as a result yeah. of that. But then when it ultimately just became not usable, fortunately... We, we had planned for some of those things, and yeah. we're able to do that and continue with our services. And right. We don't have to get up and say, okay, if you guys want to hear us next week, <laughs> yes. you have to write a check. Right, right. And that's not grace-giving. Write, write a check for the, the new soundboard fund. Right, and yeah. that's, that's not grace-giving. And mm-hmm. so we have individuals that volunteer their time that are part of the administrative team, and they're, they're so diligent in yeah, going over definitely. that and asking questions and, hey, how are we planning ahead mm-hmm. and staffing-wise? Mm-hmm. And, and they have fully embraced yeah. the ministry of Grace Church and where we're going, and they're asking questions about things that we do, expansion and outreach and community impact and all mm-hmm. of those things of how... And it's not centered, it's just, God, where are you leading? Yeah, And, you know, so we've been roundabout with this, but since... Grace Church has founded. There hasn't been a all right. We're gonna we're gonna let people know mm-hmm. and let the people respond. Yeah. And there's not a hey. We're gonna have you sign this thing. Right. We're we're not gonna make a pledge mm-hmm. for this or that. Uh, we're just gonna let the people know where God might be leading us, yeah. and is this time for us to do that? Yeah. And we've done that in our move to Stone Lake and with the building here and with each addition. And even as we plan, the original plan on this campus was to build an auditorium. Yeah. And now yeah. over the course since 2004, since we've been here, we've really looked at that and said, do we have that need? Mm-hmm. And our leadership team has said, we're not sure we have that need to put that big auditorium there. We have the facility and what we need. And so we, we maybe need to update some things, a soundboard and and some of those, and maybe retrofit our gymnatorium a little bit to more of a worship center. Mm -hmm. But it's not just... So we can drop the gym from the name. Right. (laughs) Those basketball goals have never been used. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think to me, you know, in my experience working for different churches and uh, being on different staffs, you know, Grace is is obviously unique in a lot of ways, but uh, that's, that's one thing that that stood out to me when I first got here was the idea of those, you know, and you, if you, if you're paying attention, if you're not paying attention, you don't notice them, but if you're paying attention, you notice those boxes kind of throughout the church. There's Mm -hmm. just a few places where people can just drop, you know, very discreetly drop a a check or an envelope or whatever, um, into those boxes. And there, like you used the word compulsion before that there's no compulsion. Nobody ever says like, Hey, go, go make sure you put your donation in there. I mean, it's like, Hey, if, if you if you feel led personally by the Spirit to to 
give, there are these opportunities to do it. And we're not going to see you do it. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to look at, at who it is. You know, there's only what one or two pairs of eyes that, that see the names on the checks that come through. I mean, and that's another part of the executive pastor role. Yeah. As a pastor on Grace Church staff, I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know what people give. Right. There that's done through our our administrator, our, our bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. It's done through a couple elders who go mm-hmm. through and they collect what's there and it's online. And people we don't keep any kind of a record. I I yeah. don't see none of the pastoral staff yeah. we we don't know yeah. any of that. And so it, it's kept that way. Uh, in the other part of, of this, and you're saying that, uh, our elders have put in our statement, we, we, giving is done freely and privately. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hinder spiritual growth by resorting to man-made fundraising techniques that place people under pressure to give or create a false guilt. Yeah. Rather, we desire to provide everyone with the opportunity to give voluntarily. Yeah. It's between a person and the Lord. Yeah. And how they how they're worshiping, where they are mm-hmm. financially, where God has them in their growth and in their maturity. Yeah, and overall pictures, God has always provided for Grace mm-hmm. Church. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of where I was going with that was that that that's all of that is fitting with our overall ministry philosophy and how we we believe uh, God has called us to to lead and minister as a church. You know, it comes down to kind of that. You know, Joe and I did the the Free Grace Theology series um, a month or so ago, and and we talked through. You know, theologically, we think that God is is a God who um, does not. Um, not now, the word convict is a word I'm thinking of, but yes, there's conviction, but there's not um, guilt trip. Maybe is the word that I'm mm-hmm. the the phrase that I'm thinking of. He doesn't guilt us into things, and. You know whether it's when we make we make a mistake, we mess up, and um, we're trying. You know we're coming back into the fold and and trying to enter back into that closeness in our relationship with Him, or if it's just where God might be leading us, He doesn't do that with guilt. He doesn't use um, a guilt trip to get us to give our money. He doesn't use a guilt trip to correct our behavior. Uh, he's a God who invites. And, and draws us into closer relationship with his grace, mm-hmm. that he gives freedom, and, um, and in the, giving us that freedom, he, he wants to show that he's better than whatever else is out there. That, you know, and so when it comes to money, he, he wants us to know that, hey, when you steward your money and you handle your money in these ways that we're talking about and you honor the Lord with it, then that's going to be better than the ways that you might be tempted to use your money otherwise, to hoard your money, um, to, to you know, st- store up money and save it and um, buy yourself all of these things that, that you... And, and we're not talking about, uh, you know, that saving money and spending money is wrong. We're just saying that where you're tempted to, to you know, s- use your money elsewhere and not honor the Lord with it, we believe that God would say, well, I'm... I'm trying to show you that there's something better. Mm-hmm. And so so for us as a church, we don't want to convict. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to play the Holy Spirit. We also don't want to guilt anybody and because we think that's out of character with God. We think that's out of line with God's character. So we want to we want a free um environment to say, hey, you know, 
we're we're going to provide the opportunity for you to use your money in, in a way that honors the Lord, but we're not going to tell you how you should do it. We're not going to guilt you into it. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to make you feel bad when you use it at a different way. We we believe that this is a way that you can honor the Lord, and that by honoring the Lord, you go deeper in your relationship with Him. So we're going to provide that opportunity and not push. I, I would take your your statement there and summarize it just saying we want to be a conduit of grace. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, you know, we're, we're specifically talking about our grace church and grace giving, yep. but it's also with people's time and their talents. And we talked about this with service. We don't want to ever plug someone in to say, hey, we have this need. Mm-hmm. You have to fit that need. Yeah. Right. And we don't, giving is an individual thing. It's between a family or a person, individual, and the Lord. Right. Yeah. And we all go through different times. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And some people, job wise and career wise and things, and it's been in my family. And, yeah. And, and you don't know. And when it's guilt driven, mm-hmm. or not even necessarily guilt driven, but there's this expectation mm-hmm. that comes with whatever your heritage is and your spiritual growth and your journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've had people come in, and we've been talking about situation they're in, and they're, they're feeling guilty yeah. because, you know, they just had a new baby. They, the wife is now not working, mm-hmm. or all these things. They said, well, you know, but we're feeling guilty. And I'm like, why? Right. Yeah. Why are you feeling guilty? Grace is God knows where you're at, mm-hmm. and He's not under compulsion trying to get mm-hmm. something out of you. Mm-hmm. I yep. have that with people who come in, you know, and that's with they'll feel guilty with their giving or with their serving or with different things that are part of the church. Yep. And it's okay. We mm-hmm. want to be a conduit of grace. Mm-hmm. Things change in your life. You may have served on a in a ministry for 20 years, but something's changed now in your right. life. Okay, that's all right. God mm-hmm. knows that. Yes. He's not trying to guilt you. It's not a conviction thing. Conviction is of sin, mm-hmm. not not serving. That's true. That's a good and, point. Yeah. And, and it's not something that we're saying, okay, you, you know, we have to do this, or it has to be given this way. And there's misconceptions out there. There's percentages out there, mm-hmm. and that's always fun to talk to people about who mm-hmm. come in and they want to start putting a percentage down, mm-hmm. and they're trying to understand in as they're maturing, as they're becoming a disciple. You know, before I, I trust Christ. What is it He's expecting mm-hmm. of me, and how much? Yeah, right. And and things like that. And so when you start talking through that, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to sit down with people. Mm-hmm. Because people will, and they bring up, you know, quote that word tithe. Yes, and they'll they'll go to that and say, "Well, how much do we tithe?" And I yeah. love to just smile back and say, "Well, that's between you and the Lord, yeah. and it's not tithing." Mm-hmm. Well, that we have to give that percent. Yeah. Well, you start adding up some percents mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. People are going, "Well, wait a minute," because there was. There was a Levite mm-hmm. tithe, there was a free will tithe, mm-hmm. there was those for the unfortunate. You start adding up all the percentages as you work through some of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that. Right. And we're because of Christ and his death and his burial and resurrection and the freedom we have in him, God knows the situation. So he doesn't say, give this percent. He says, give graciously. As you yes. have received grace and it's been given to you generously, 
be generous. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Yeah. And so that's for, for individuals and for families and people to sit down and say, okay, as we're being wise stewards of all that we have, mm-hmm. our time, our talent, all the, the, the financial part of who we, mm-hmm. how do we want to be generous in the way that God has been generous with us, in the way he has expounded grace upon us, how can we expound grace upon others? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what he, that's his desire for yes. us as we mature and grow. Right. I can't really say it's what he wants. That's his yeah. desire, mm-hmm. because of we're responding then out of the love that's been shown for us, we respond back with love. Right, and and you you sort of um, you're sort of answering this question already, and so I'll just give you a chance to maybe if there's any more you want to add or expand on this. But is there is there anything that you would say beyond all of that to the question? You know, how how should I as a Christian handle my money and is there a is there a guiding principle that you think I need to really hold on to as I sit down with my budget month to month and and I'm thinking about all right I I have my budget I want to honor the Lord is there is there something that you would encourage the believer to take into that time and just just thinking about money in the life of the Christian Yes, you're making an assumption here because it's probably how you might be wired. I talk to families; That's fair, yeah. they don't budget. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, we took Dave Ramsey's class. Okay, time <laughs> and that's yeah. something that we we, yeah. we want to help people with. Right. Yeah. We have people who serve who are, who do financial planning, who mm-hmm. do those things. That if someone's out there and struggling, mm-hmm. um, one of our great elders, who was an accountant, who just recently passed away. He yeah, spent numerous hours with people and helping them. How do you form a budget? What is you do? Mm-hmm. All of those things that just want to help people as mm-hmm. they encourage you to grow. And so assuming someone, you know, is budgeting, yeah. then they, they start saying, all right, well, I've got to eat. I've mm-hmm. got to pay my rent. And where you work backwards from that, um, you know, a Ramsey would, would have you set apart different things of yeah. what you're going to do. Um, some would say during, you know, kind of different times, it, it, you give generously to God, you give generously to others, mm-hmm. you save, you live on mm-hmm. the rest. It, there's just different areas out there where people see of budgeting, but one is a plan. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for our lives. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for our universe. And even mm-hmm. during this time right now, He is still God. Mm-hmm. And he desires for people to come to know him, have a relationship with him, and then to grow in their faith. And so part of what we want to do is, is an expression of our love for him is be wise and how we spend our time. Uh, having two boys that were very active in sports, we always had to pull back because there was, A, what it cost, since we're talking about money, but time. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, those club sports in particular, it's an every weekend. It is. Well, unfortunately, as a pastor, I'm not available Sundays. Right. And Saturday, and then we had to figure out, and you start adding up hotels and gas and travel and coaches and and all of that, as well as what it does on your family. Mm -hmm. And the times away, and then not only that, you have the practices, and you have all that. And it was excellent for our family, but we had to learn and say, this year we're not. We're limiting this. Yeah. A, 
budget-wise, B, time-wise, C, for us as a family. And I think we just, we like to sit down, and this is our, but we, we sit down at the end of the year and we say, okay, here's where God took us this year, yeah. what we saw, what happened, what would we change? And sometimes that wasn't popular. Mm. Sometimes it wasn't popular for me yeah. to hear things that, as my boys were getting older, about dad, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing his cell phone to the table. Mm. Why do you bring your cell phone? It seems like <laughs> yeah. that's a distraction to yeah. you. Um, you know, just different things. I, I think our kids are watching. Yeah, that's and a good point. There's a lot of things in that. And so how we're how we're being generous, how we're stewarding. And like you said, how we're planning if we're planning. And planning. Mm-hmm. And budget is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because if you just haphazardly are gonna go, this is what I bring in, this is what I spend. Yeah. Saving usually doesn't come a part of that. That's true. It, it, you have to manage and you have to say no to some things and choose mm-hmm. different things to do and how you're gonna and that's part of our maturing. Yes. And that's what, for our our boys, and this has been a joke for a long time, they had to pay for their own cell phone as soon as they got one. Hmm. And people would be like, Derek, how did they do that? Well, they mowed lawns. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they played sports. And and that was one of the things we talk about as a family. Mm-hmm. Then well, Dad, you know, it puts a lot of strain on me to go to school and to have to mow or do some extra money Opportunities, like yeah. and then the chores you have we have to mm-hmm. do because I live in the home, mm-hmm. and I said, well, then maybe we don't need to play the yeah. club sports. Make your decisions now, and let's make mm-hmm. some decisions. Yeah, and they'd be, oh, yeah, okay. You know, it's interesting you talk about the sports thing because that's that's going to be a common one for families. There's, I mean, tons of families that are going to have the whether it's sports or it's dance or it's band or it's whatever these extracurricular activities, and you know. This is a little bit of, a, of an aside, but I do wonder, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this real quick in a second with the, the COVID crisis and um, the, the way it's changed life for all of us. But I kind of wonder how those things are going to be affected in mm-hmm. this. And if I've heard some families talk about f- feeling like this time when those things were put on pause, you know, at, at the higher level where it wasn't like, one or two or three families here and there were like, yeah, we're not going to do this. It was like everybody just had to stop mm-hmm. so that things like, you know, traveling sports and, and all those extracurricular activities are, are put on hold. I wonder how many people are going to take a step back from that and go, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's other ways for our, you know, or, or kids themselves. Maybe there's other ways that I want to spend my time or, um, or a better way to invest time than, and I, I'm not saying those things are bad and they should find those. I just think it's an interesting, that's one of those things that we all do. And we, cause I did those growing up, my sister especially did those growing up. And I think we sort of take for granted, like, that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an athlete, you do the traveling sports. If you're in, in band, you, you know, you do the band competitions or dance or whatever it is. And people just sort of take for granted that those are, everybody does it. So we just do it. And I wonder if that becomes one of the things that we go, is it what we should do? You know, like mm-hmm. should should we? And so you talk about your kids making those decisions when you when you put those you know things on the table and say, hey, which one of these are you going to spend your time doing? You know, I wonder if we're not all going to have to do that a little bit right now. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. A lot of people are saying right now, I want to get back to normal. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what normal is or is going to be. Yeah. And I think that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. What What is the new normal? Mm-hmm. What What are schools going to look like? 
it's what we're talking about in meetings now here at the church. Yeah. What, what are we doing moving forward? Yeah. How are we going to be wise in what we do with our time and our yeah. ministry and what we use in the financial aspect mm-hmm. of our day-to-day operations and where yeah. those are going to go? At least in my years, we've never walked through this. Nope. And I'm older than you. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know that there are very many people around here that are going to have a, something similar to COVID to, to refer back to. But, you know, that's what, and that's where I'll kind of conclude this, this conversation is in the, the, the realm of um, something like a crisis like we're going through now. You know, there are a lot of people who right now are wondering what money is going to look like moving forward or, or who have already been going through that, you know, and, and uh, you mentioned that your family's dealt with some of that. And there's obviously going to be a lot of families in our church where there's going to be questions about where's our, you know, some families are experiencing furlough and layoffs and, um, you know, job loss and, and all of the different things that affect our finances. And so is there, is there anything you'd say to somebody who is, sort of looking out at all this uncertainty. I mean, you know, we and talking about what we were talking about earlier with the, the families and decisions they're having to make. I mean, some some child care facilities are maybe not going to be open, at least not as often, and families are going to have to, you know, do we hire a, a babysitter that's more expensive than the child care? And blah, blah, you know, there's just going to be a lot of these decisions to be made mm-hmm. moving forward. And so what do you say to somebody who is looking out at uncertain times financially and worrying? Because I... You know, you look at the the statistics and the polls and things like that, and you find out how significant finances are, you know, in the minds of pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. And where when when it comes to anxiety, how high on the list of things that cause anxiety finances are, you know. So, what do you say to somebody going going through that? Uh, you know, it, funny you talk about that. One, one of the things that we do is is pastoral staff is for our Sunday meeting mm-hmm. of a large group gathering our worship service. Mm-hmm. We plan weeks in advance, but the week of, Reggie is teaching this Sunday, and so we as a pastoral staff get together, and, and we go over and we do our message for our pastoral staff, right. and we did that this morning, and Reggie's up this Sunday, and it's the nail of courage. Mm-hmm. And it was just so encouraging to me today, because in hearing about fear, and that seems like it's driving a lot right now. Right. And just it was hammered home to me today in, in hearing just God is with us. Mm-hmm. And his, he, he's not sleeping and slumbering. And he, he, he is there. And he's not caught off guard. He's not caught off guard. Right. He knows the situation. And, and so when we're wise and we budget and we plan and we want to be generous. Mm-hmm. God knows those things, but it, it's not a percent. It, it's mm-hmm. You look at your budget. What can we afford? Our time. So what, true. Where yeah. can we yeah. give? What, God, we're going to trust you through this. Mm-hmm. And whether it's through the sickness or, or the loss of whatever or the change, when fear becomes the driving factor, I don't think we focus fully on yeah. what God has for us. Mm-hmm. God has ultimately our best right. at his heart. Mm-hmm. And growth is never fun or easy. Or fast. Or fast. Yeah. And he, we're being transformed to the image of his son, who paid 
with his life. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we expect, well, shouldn't it just be easy for me? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Yep. And I think that, that that was just for me today to sit there and think, okay, I can be courageous with whatever's coming tomorrow or coming in the next weeks because mm-hmm. the God of the universe says he's with me. Mm-hmm. And I know that, and this is through our Nails series now, I, I know that Christ did the ultimate for me, that I could have a relationship with him. And he said it was better for him to go so that the Holy Spirit might come yeah. to take up for the believer and that we could move forward in this life and understand and grow in that. And so to me, it's, okay, God, what you have, I, I'm going to have to trust. Yeah, that's good. And it's not my finances. Mm-hmm. And that I don't like. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. And I, I'm budgeting right now, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to budget. Mm-hmm. I don't know what might happen, what might change, what different circumstances for me and for Tammy. Mm -hmm. And our work going ahead, we don't know that. We don't have Mm -hmm. guarantees of that. And so am I going to have courage that God is with me and going to take care? Yes, I need to. And not let fear overtake me. It's true. And, and, you know, that reminds me, we last night in our college group, and I'll I'll use the same lesson tonight when, when I talk to the high schoolers, but we do a devotional every week during the summer, and last night we looked at David and Goliath, and we talked about, you know, the perspective and the difference, the, the contrast between the soldiers, the Israelite soldiers, and David, you know, and and that when you look through the eyes of the Israelite soldier, all you see is Goliath and how big he is and how scary he is, and you're thinking, man, compared compared to me, he's huge, he's, he's in, in, unconquerable, you know, and then David comes along, and you get a totally different perspective, and David's perspective is, wait, who's this guy? Like, he's who's this guy that's like calling us out because what business does he have to insult the the army of the Lord? Mm-hmm. And you see that David's perspective isn't, I'm, I'm not comparing myself with Goliath. I'm, I'm comparing Goliath with God mm-hmm. and that, and, and in whole different, perspective. whole different perspective. And now Goliath suddenly is not nearly as intimidating. And so I think, I think there's something to be said and it's not easy. We're not saying that, Hey, this is all you have to do is shift your perspective a little bit and life gets easy. But in the midst of trials like the one we're, we're all in right now, and, and especially when you talk about the financial implications of coronavirus for so many people, it feels insurmountable, and mm-hmm. it feels terrifying. And it doesn't mean that that's not still a giant out there, that, that's not still, that, that it's not still intimidating. We understand that, and that, yeah, that can cause you fear and anxiety. But if you're looking at it through the eyes of, man, like, how am I going to overcome this? It's going to stay that way. It's going to stay intimidating and, and scary. And But if you can start to see the way that David did, and that it, that that is scary, but there's a God who's way bigger and way stronger and and in control of all of this, who who knows what's going to happen and and he'll have a he'll have a plan. And and it doesn't mean it works out the way I want it to. It doesn't mean that I keep my job or I get my old job back or that I'm going to make as much money as I did. Before. It doesn't mean all those things, but it means he's in control. And like you referenced a little bit ago, Romans 8, 28, that God works together all things for the for the good of those who love him. So and, and, we can trust and, that. Yeah, and the other part of that being God put an outpost in Wichita Falls, mm-hmm. and it's called Grace Church. Mm-hmm. And he's brought people here, and so we can support and encourage one another. Yeah. And we can come together for, for the purpose of, A, worshiping Him. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot in the New Testament of those one another's. Yeah. And that's, we, we come together and we need each other. 
And as we move through times like this, it feels isolating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so having a church family, having people we can come in contact with that can encourage and support some who know, because I think sometimes, am I the only one that's feeling this way? Yeah, and that's that's when trials feel way more difficult, is when they do feel like... I'm the only one going through this. No one else would understand and isolation. And you come together, and we and we have that. We have the commonality of what Christ has done for us and encouraging and supporting. Mm-hmm. And that way, it's not looking around. You know, I, I've had people say, well, you know, I'm, I, and we'll go back to what we kind of talked about here and there a little bit, but, you know, I, I don't have a big checkbook, and I that doesn't matter to God. Mm-hmm. What matters to God is what we're doing with what He's given us. Right. And that's the time, the talent, the treasure, all of that that we can use to to honor Him. Yeah. And so it's coming together with our, sometimes our church family. Sometimes it's giving to needs of our church family. It's it's having a community impact, community outreach, part yeah. of what we're doing. You know, as a church to to try and make a difference for those who don't know Christ and encourage those to mature in their in their journey, spiritual faith that they might come to know him. Yeah. And uh, so I that's why I, I love being a part of a church and having that opportunity. I, I don't know if I was just out there trying to figure out which way to go, especially right now. Yeah. I, I'd feel really alone. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Derek, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate you being here and, and talking about money. And uh, hopefully this is an encouragement to, to people who I'm sure are thinking about that right now. So uh, thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Hope everybody has a good week in the meantime. And see you next time. Thanks. Have a great day.